A Greek word tele, meaning far away, and phone, meaning voice. Gray believed that two people could speak to each other from distant points using nothing but liquid-based microphones and wire. Amazingly, the crazy thing worked. Crowded pews of gaping onlookers were wowed by the success. The sound of the first telephone was born, and in a church, no less. Gray had a much harder time, however, swaying his investors because his dentist said it was a, the, the telephone was a waste of investors' money. And because of that, Gray's prototype went nowhere. After two years of painful delay, a self-determined Elijah Gray packed up his notes and stormed the halls of the U.S. Patent Office, patent office to file paperwork on his invention. He was anxious to tell the patent committee all about his success in the Highland Park Church. Unfortunately, Another inventor had been working on a similar concept, and as Gray unveiled his story to the committee, he learned that Alexander Graham Bell had dropped off his own plans and applied for a telephone patent only two hours earlier. You talk about timing. Although Bell's plans did not include a working model, nor did his conceptual prototype ever work, the courts found in Bell's favor and rewarded him the rights to the telephone invention, all because Gray was two hours late with his presentation. He left his idea hanging in the church because he listened to a negative report. Whose report will you believe? We will believe the report of the Lord. Never listen to a negative report. Amen. You can clap. That's fine. You can clap. Never listen to who is speaking in your life. If, our, if there's people speaking in your life and they're speaking negativity and, and, and depression and, 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 you know, just sadness, stop them speaking in your life. Speak to someone who's going to take you to the next level in your life. Don't listen to the, the naysayers. Don't listen to the doomsday people. I'm telling you something. Listen to people of faith. Listen to people of purpose. Listen to people of vision. And, and they'll help you go to the next level God has for you. Amen? Praise God. So let's get on to 11 here and I'll... I'll get out of this and get back to where I should be. Good. Well, let me ask you a question today. How many here have unsaved family members? Everybody, lift your hands. How many here today have unsaved family members within 30 miles of this building? Yes. And I'm telling you, look, hands up all over the place. I want to challenge you today because what I'm going to speak on, if you take it to heart, hear it with your ear, get it in your spirit, we can double this congregation within weeks. Because you have unsaved members that are within 30 miles that need to know Jesus. And I want to challenge your heart. God wants to use you to bring them in for the kingdom. Amen? Remember Andrew? The Bible says that Andrew found Peter and he brought Peter to Jesus. Andrew was an obscure kind of disciple. We don't read a whole lot about Andrew. There are a couple of things, but we read a whole lot about Peter. And Andrew was a quiet guy. Peter was exactly the opposite. And Andrew thought to himself, man, if my brother Peter could meet Jesus, he'll go gung-ho. That's the kind of guy Peter was. And that's what he did. He brought Peter to Jesus, and the rest is history. And you look, you get family members, you know, if they get a hold of God, or should I say, if God gets a hold of them, they'll run with it, and they'll, they'll be brilliant in the kingdom. So I want to challenge you today. Listen to the word, stand on it, do something about it. Because do you believe God wants to save your family? Do you believe he can save your family? First of all, believe it possible. Jesus can save. He can save the vilest sinner. 
Jesus can save. Jesus, first of all, believe it possible. Secondly, prepare for it. You start doing something because all through the Bible, there's, you'll hear the expression, you do and I will. God's speaking to his people. You do this, I'll do that. You do this, I'll do that. He'll never do anything if you just sit in your couch or you sit in your chair. You've got to do something because God honors you. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 28, these blessings will overtake you in the field, not in your sofa. In the field, God never used anybody. God cho- never chose anybody from their bed. He always chose hard-working people, if you, if you study Scripture. He chose people that were doing something for him. And I'm going to first believe it possible, secondly, prepare for it, and thirdly, see it come to pass. Amen? Say with me, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Now, I'm gonna, I want you to say that in faith, because as you said, as for me and my house, I want you to see your brothers, your sisters... Your uncles, your aunts, your, your father, your mother, your spouse, you are not even, some of them probably don't even have an inkling of church yet. But I want you to say it in faith today, as for me and my house. See them, see them all, Paul, Peter, Mary, Joseph, Jonathan, see them all. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Say it with conviction, Maddie. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. One of these days, your dad's going to get saved. I'm telling you right now. Hallelujah. Praise God. You got your Bibles with you? And I'm going to springboard off of one verse in Hebrews 11, verse 7. Not 7-11, but 11-7. Listen to what it says. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. I'll read it again. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen. That's that's the same verse in a different translation. Built an ark to save his family. I want to challenge your heart this morning. Do you want to be an ark builder to save your family? Do you want to be the person that's going to start the ball rolling and say, I'm going to stand in the gap to save my family, to see my family saved? You can't save them. You You can certainly bring them to Jesus. That God is faithful. And I was just reading, I was, I was teaching my staff back in Virginia Beach and this last week, and I was, I was teaching out a book about Psalm 100, and, and it says in Psalm 100 that, and God is, and His faithfulness to all generations. And he's, God is faithful through all generations. Let me tell you, He's faithful to our generation. And he's faithful to the next generation. We don't have to worry about, is God going to be faithful for our generation? The Bible says he's faithful to all generations. The thing is, he's looking for us to be faithful, to connect with him, to get the job done. Are you with me? Because God uses people. God's methods are man and woman just to do the job done. And when he, when he told the disciples, roll the stone away, remember? The, uh, this, uh, Lazarus' stone. He said, roll the stone away. He didn't need the disciples to roll the stone away. He could have spoken the stone and it become a pile of sand. But he wanted them as part of the miracle. So thousands of years later, we're talking about it in Louisiana. But he wants you. He, he can do it without us. But he wants you and I to get involved to see our family saved. Because faith touches the heart of God. Faith moves the heart of God. Fear doesn't. Begging doesn't. You know, I've seen people coming in. I used to, back in the days when we come to church, and the first thing we do is we come down to the altar, and we start weeping and wailing before God. It's not the pro- that's not the protocol to come into His presence. The Bible says, enter His gates with thanksgiving, and enter His courts with praise. And God, God doesn't need you and I to give Him some unknown information He doesn't already know. 
He knows everything from the end to the beginning, but he wants us to praise him and honor him because when we make the heart of God happy, you know, when you praise God, the, the band, Philip already said it, the band did great. That drummer's a good drummer, isn't she? She's a mean drummer. And when the band were playing, and, and I was thinking, you know, we're, we're praising God there. You know, you and I, I could just, I was sitting there, and I'm a bit of imagination, you know, and I was sitting there, and I could see Jesus and God looking over the balustrade of heaven, looking down at the little church in Louisiana. And I could imagine God saying, look at that church. Look at him praising us. And Jesus piping up saying, hey, Father, I'll tell you, that's the reason I went to die. That's the reason I went to Calvary, because there's churches like that all over the world, big and small, praising us, talking about us, singing about us, worshiping about us, and they're lifting their hands to us, and they're dancing, and they're, and, they're, and, they're, and they're doing all kinds of things. We made the heart of God happy. And when you make the heart of God happy, he'll move heaven and earth to meet your need. I have grandchildren. I have a, I have a grandchild who's 14. And I have a grandson, he's 10. And if they want something from grandpa, that's what they call me. If they want something from grandpa, all they have to do is sit beside me in the sofa and just out of the bloom, especially my 10-year-old boy. He's a little small dude with long hair. He's a surfing dude. You know, he brought up in the outer banks in the North Carolina. He just moved up to Virginia Beach to, to stay in. If he sit, he'll just sit beside me in the sofa and he'll just look and he'll say, Hey, grandpa, I love you. Just like that, out of the blue. Because I've done it to him all the time. Hey, Miles, I love you. So he'll do it. When he does that, what do you think? Um, I melt like butter. He can have everything I've got. Everything I've got. He can have everything. You know, maybe something I haven't got. But, you know, we'll put on a credit card. <laughs> but, you know, because he's made the, my heart happy. And you and I have made God happy today when we worshiped him. God wants to save your family. God's will, as the Bible says, God's will that none should perish. But all should have everlasting life. I don't care. Your, your spouse could be lost. And you, you think it's impossible. They'll never get saved. Listen, never think yourself, my God, they'll never get saved. Because with that attitude, they never will get saved. I remember I was talking to a lady years ago, and she was talking about her husband. And, and she says, you know, he's, my husband's not saved. And as she said it, there was like a fatality about it, like a finality about it. And the Holy Spirit just quickened me. Just, as she said it, he's not saved yet. Now, I'm going to tell you something. You may be look at your family and say they're not saved. I want you to add that appendage because that's a yet of faith. doesn't matter what happens, Job says, yet though he I'll slay me, yet will I rejoice. Are you with me? So when you look at your family member and you, you talk to somebody about they're not saved, I want you to add that little word, yet, because every demon in hell and earth begins to know that that's a person of faith is saying that. That's a word of faith. That means we're still believing. We've never given up. We're still doing something. We believe they will be saved. As for me in my house, we will serve the Lord. Are you with me today? I can't feel you. I feel a little bit. Now, come on, that's right. Let me know you're there. Because God is interested in families. In the Old Testament, a lot of the Old Testament deals with 12 tribes or 12 families. He's known as the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. In Joshua chapter 6, the Bible talks about Rahab and all her family. In Luke chapter 19, it talks about Zacchaeus and all his family. In Acts chapter 10, it talks about Cornelius and all his family. In Acts chapter 16, 34, it talks about the Philippian jailer and all. Are you hearing me drift this morning? Are you getting a thought? I think of the Philippian jailer. Acts 16. Paul and Silas are thrown in jail. 
They're beaten to a pulp. They can't sleep because they're so sore. And it's midnight. And I love that because midnight's a fluky time. It's neither daytime or nighttime. It's midnight. It's right in the middle. It's, it's a fluky time. But how many know God can work in the fluky times? God can work in those special times. And the guys are in the filthy, rat-infested, dark, dismal dungeon. The Bible says at the hour of midnight, by that time most of us are logging in the Z's. I mean, we're three sheets to the wind. We're, we're in the seventh heaven by midnight most of the time. If you don't watch Jimmy Fallon, Dave Letterman. And Paul turned to Silas and said, come on, Paul. Are you, are you okay, Paul? Are you, are you tired? Are you, are you sleeping? No, I can't sleep. I'm, it's too much pain. He says, well, let's do something. Don't just sit there. Do something. Let's praise God. And they started to sing. I'm probably pretty feeble, you know. I have decided to follow Jesus. Come on, Silas. Sing it from the diaphragm, from the top, with heart and soul and passion. I have decided to follow. And they started to praise God. And I'm going to tell you, those two weary souls, beaten, weary warriors, they started to praise God. And the Bible says that the earth shook. And the Bible says the dungeon shook. But you know, the Bible talks about the earth is the Lord's footstool. And I believe God got so happy with those two battle-weary soldiers, those battle-weary warriors, that he got so excited he began to tap his foot to the rhythm of the beat. I have decided to follow Jesus. And he got so excited one time, he shook. And I honestly think, not only the dungeon shook that night, I believe the whole earth had an earth. The whole earth shook because God, the earth is his footstool. And you know the end result? That infamous jailer put people to death, whipped people, flogged people, beat people, just totally evil man. Because you weren't the jailer unless you were mean. You didn't become the head jailer unless you, there's, there's a mean streak about you. He and all his house. Are you with me? Say it with me. He and all his house. And one night, got saved. God is able to do it. Look, look at you. Think about your family members. Think about the tough ones. Think about the hard heads. The harder the head, the bigger the hammer. God will get through to them somehow or other. He got through to you. Some of your hard heads sitting here today, he might get through to you. He can get through to your family too. So zone in on them and believe God for the, the just believe God that God can save your family. Are you with me? To get into the hall of faith, you know, the Hebrews 11, the theologians call it the hall of faith. And to get into the hall of faith, you had to do something exceptional. You know, you get to the hall of fames, and you get the basketball hall of fame, the NFL hall of fame, the, the, the LSU hall of fame, the, oh, well, they don't have one yet, that's right, but they will. But, but you know, the, the, these big halls of fame, that's a joke that nobody caught. But to get into these halls of fame, you've got to be exceptional. And to get in the hall of faith, you have to be exceptional. Abraham's in the hall of faith because he believed God in his old age that God could make him fruitful. Isaac's in the hall of faith because he blessed his children regarding their future, and he knew God would bless them. Jacob, the twister, the supplanter, the rascal, the thief. He's in the hall of faith because he was transformed. He wrestled with God, and God transformed him. Joseph is in a hall of faith because he gave his, his children commands about his bones. It's amazing, Joseph. You know, he, he's, he's in Egypt, and he's a head man. He's a second in command. And he said, look, he said to his, his children, look, God is going to deliver you. I'm going to die. That's amazing revelation, that, isn't it? 
You ever think to yourself, one of these days I'm gonna, we're going to die? We'll all die. Only two sure things is taxes and death. I'm going to die. And he says, but God is going to deliver you. And when he delivers you from Egypt, I want you to promise me something. What's that? Take my bones with you. Don't bury me too deep because you'll have to dig me up sooner or later. Take my bones with you. What is he saying? I believe in faith. Jo- Joseph was saying, I, if God can resurrect me anytime he wants. And if he's going to do it, I want to be resurrected in the promised land, not in the Egypt land. Can I hear an amen today? And he's in a hall of faith. So he's got, you've got to be exceptional. Rahab the prostitute, Rahab the harlot's in a hall of faith because she saw God's man. She activated it and she saved, and she saved the man and, and all her and all her house were saved. And God wants hearties not to be a good church. God wants hearties not to be a great church. I believe God wants you and I this morning to be exceptional. Are you with me today? He doesn't want us just coming in Sunday after Sunday, Wednesday after Wednesday, just sitting like a lump in a log in a pew. He wants us to be exceptional. He wants us to be full of passion. He wants us to be full of vision for the lost, passion for the lost, because if you've got got passion, you'll have purpose, and purpose will produce vision. Are you with me today? God wants you to be exceptional. God doesn't want you to just run of the mill church. God wants you to be so exceptional that people will talk about you in town. They might like you, they might hate you, but they won't ignore you if you're exceptional. Are you with me? And God wants you to be exceptional. When you think of where God's brought us from and where God's brought you from, we're handpicked. We could have been anywhere today. We could have been lying in bed with a hangover from last night. I made that statement one time. I said we could have been lying with an overhang. Well, some of us, that could be true. But we could, be, we could have been anywhere today. But here we are at Heartsease Church. 11 o'clock crowd. You've had a good sleep in this morning with that extra hour. I mean, I want to let you know that Pastor Philip and I were up at the crack of dawn today. Because we couldn't sleep any longer. I was just get up. And it was up because of the extra hour. But God wants you to be exceptional. And as I'm talking to someone here today. Some, some of you here today, you think you're just, no, you're just normal. No, you're exceptional. We're supernaturally Natural and naturally supernatural. God wants us to be exceptional. And I want you to get out of your normalcy. And I want you to spread your wings. I want you to spread your faith. I want you to extend your faith and say, hey, I want to be exceptional for God. Are you with me today? I want to be exceptional. But sometimes, you know, in order to get the full picture, we have to go to the negative. Remember, I remember the, the, the days when you had a camera with a spool in it and you took it, you know, you, you, when you did your film, you took it, they spooled at Kmart or Walmart, and you go to back three days later. How many remember those? Look at that, fossils all over the place. <laughs> the young generation are thinking, what? But I remember those days. I'm one of you guys. But, you know, you'd go and you'd, you'd put it in, and then three days later you got it back, and you open up a wallet, and one side there's brown strips, and you'd probably just be like me, just like me, and you'd open the brown strips, and you'd say, oh, it's beautiful, that is. It's lovely. No. You forget the strips. And you go over the other side, you take out the four-color picture, and you, you look at it and say, man, that's beautiful, isn't it? Isn't that isn't lovely? But you'd never get the full picture without the negative. So sometimes when you go through negative times, understand you're going through them. Don't stop. Don't pass go. Get, get out of dodge. Just keep on going. Amen? So on the negative side, I'll, t- I'll take you to the negative side for a couple of minutes, but I'll get you on the sunny side before I'm finished. Understand this. The devil is out to destroy your family. Don't be under any disillusion. He's out to destroy your family. 
So once we know our enemy, then we can handle it. Amen? In the Old Testament, Adam and Eve, the first family in the Garden of Eden, everything was right. They were here. They, were, they had nothing to do. They were blessed. They just, you know, I believe every morning about 6 o'clock, a wind blew through, through Eden. And the grass was all cut and watered and fresh and looked. And, and, you know, they didn't have to, they just lived on the, on, on the trees, uh, the fruit and everything. And they didn't have nothing to, anything to do. But, God, but the enemy put a spirit, a murder into Cain, and Cain murders his brother, Abel. Over an offering, by the way. It's the first murder in the Bible is over an offering. You know, we were talking, Brother Arnold was talking about the offering, the tithes and offerings. Never not give to God. I remember what my dad used to say to me. Never trust a non-tither. If they steal from God, they'll steal from you. Yeah. <laughs> and remember that. Now, just remember that. Because the tithe is not ours. The tithe is God's. The offerings we give, that's us giving to God. But the tithe is God's in the first place. As for me and my house... We will serve the Lord. Come on, get it in your spirit today. So, and if, so the, the, he murders his brother. Right, right there in the beginning of history, our history, the modern day history, the first family, the real first family, is destroyed because of the work of the enemy. And they never recover from that. In, in the Exodus chapter 1, the children of Israel are in Egypt. They're in slavery. And they were there for hundreds of years. And, but the Bible says, but God blessed them and multiplied them. And they, they began to have children. And you know, when you think about it, you've seen stories of slavery. What was the, what's the, at the end of the day, what keeps us going? God and family. And the slaves would come home at night to their family and their, and their children. And that made that hard work worthwhile. They'd worked hard all day, but the truth is, they came home when they got home, and here was their family. But the Bible says there arose a Pharaoh who knew not Joseph who didn't understand the contract, and he looked over and he saw the multiplication of the children of Israel, and he said to these men, listen, they're getting too many for us. Let's call them out. Let's call them. Let's thin them out a little bit. And he sends out a, an order, kill all the baby boys. Kill all the baby boys. And all through the camp of Israel, mothers are weeping. Fathers are weeping. It's horrible. It's horrific. It's, it's horrible. It's, it's mayhem because the boys have been killed because the devil's out to destroy your family. In the New Testament, Herod, Jesus is born, and the three wise men come to, to Herod, and they say, we're here to see the newborn king. And Herod says, what newborn king? He said, well, Jesus. And they, and they, and they said, well, I've never heard of him, because he's thinking, hey, I'm the king here. I'm in charge here. I've never heard of this, so what's going on here? So he said, go and see him and worship him. Come back and tell me where he is, and I'm going to worship him too. <laughs> Hardy, har, har. But the Bible says they were warned in a dream and never went back, and they fled. And Herod was so angry that he told his people, kill all the baby boys two and under. And again, once again, all through the camp of Israel, mothers are sad, dads are sad. It's sorrow, it's mayhem, it's dismal. It's just horrific because the devil is out to destroy your family. Are you getting the picture today? And now let me flip you on this sunny side. That's enough of the negative, amen? But sometimes you need the negative to get the positive. If God is out, if God is out to destroy your family, if the devil is out to destroy your family, God is out to save your family. Are you with me? God is out to save your family. It's, it's not his will that any should perish, but that all should have everlasting life. And all through history, you know, remember the story in, in, in Egypt when they sent the plagues, and the final plague was 
killing all the firstborn in, in the land of Egypt. But God said to Moses, I want you to take a lamb and sprinkle the blood, kill the lamb and take the blood and take, sprinkle it over your doorpost. And when I come to town tonight to bring death to every firstborn, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And every household that had the blood, the blood of Jesus and the blood of the lamb, every household that had blood, the whole house were saved. Yeah. And the truth is, so that, that, that's what happened. And, and the truth is, God's always been out to save your family. And in the 1500s, we had Martin Luther, who started a reformation that we still feel the effects of. In 1530s, in the 1540s, John Knox started to preach in Scotland. And when he started to preach in Scotland, over 90% of the Scottish nation was born again. It was called the land of the book, the land of the Bible. I'd like to tell you, I think it's only 4 or 6% now goes to church. But the good news is, I was over there this the last summer, this summer, and there's churches springing up all over Scotland, life-giving churches. Life-giving, bringing, people are getting, young people are getting saved, older people are getting saved, and there's, there's a, a move of God all over the land, all over Britain. Because somebody has decided to build an ark for the saving of their families. Are you with me today? Even in Lowestoft. There's churches rising up in God's using. Amen? So, the, and, and, you know, all through history, the Welsh Revival, Charles Spurgeon. Today, we have strong, relevant churches that are opening up to God, opening up the community. And like, just like Heartsease here, it, it, we're doing great things for God in the community. God is out to save your family. So, what are we doing to build for our families? The word build is a Greek word, katastuadzo. It means to prepare or make arrangements. How are we, what are we doing today to help save our family? You ever wonder what, why you do the things you do? You ever wonder why you come to church? You ever wonder why you got up early, the volunteers got up early, early this morning, was in here before the first service, getting the coffee on, making the stuff, and, the, and then the, the, the media team was, part of me was in, getting this, all the stuff ready, the musicians were there practicing. You ever wonder why you do that? You're building for the saving of your family. You ever wonder why you give your tithes and your offerings? It's not because you want to get rid of your money. You're giving it because you're building for the saving of your family. You know, I told you tithes already belong to God. He lets us keep 90%. We only have to give 10%. But the truth is, I was, I was telling the first service, you know, when I tithe and when I give my money, when my boys, I had two boys that ran wild for 10 years and drugs and all that kind of stuff. It was just terrible. But I, I never give up on them. I used to say to myself, as for me and my house, and I'm telling you what I've experienced myself. I would say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And I would see Robert and David in that group serving God. And I'm here to tell you today, they're drug free. They're drug free. And then, yes, amen. But I used to give, when I used to give my tithes, I would say, God, I'm giving my, my I'm giving my seed an assignment. I'm giving the seed an assignment. I'm giving my tithe, but I'm, I'm, I've got Robert's name on here. I've got David's name on here. And as I give it, I'm giving it to you, but their name's on there. In my mind, in my heart, in my spirit. So when you give, put your, think about your family. Think about the lost ones. Give, give your seed an assignment. What do you mean give your seed an assignment? Well, Jesus, God did it. The Bible says, for this purpose with the Son of God manifest, he was born with an assignment to destroy the works of the evil one. And the truth is, when you and I give our seed an assignment, God hears that. God honors faith. God honors faith. God doesn't honor fear. God honors faith. So, you know, why do you give your tithe? Why do you volunteer? I was brought up in church. I cut my teeth in the back of a pew. I cut my initials in the back of a few pews, too, but that's beside the point. But, but I was brought up in church. I was in church five times a week. I was in Sunday, Monday, 
Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. Only two days I was off, Tuesday and Thursday. And I was in church every other night. And I love to tell you, I really loved it. I hated it. I mean, my, you know, I'd, I was, my friends were out playing golf or soccer or, or whatever they did. You know, and I was in there. And there was beautiful summer nights in Scotland when it's light at 11 o'clock at night. And I'm stuck under a pew or in a pew. Or, you know, I probably slept quite a few nights in, in, under the pew. But, but you know, I, I, I hated it. But I didn't realize then, but I realize now because of my father and my grandfather. My mom and dad were building. They were making preparations for the saving of our family. Because the truth is, maybe if I hadn't been under the pew, or maybe I hadn't been there all these nights, maybe I wouldn't be here today. Maybe I wouldn't be here today because God could, some one of these nights, God got a hold of me and changed my life. Are you with me? So you know, never give up. Make preparations. That's why you're here. When the doors are open, come on. When you're here tonight, come on. You maybe don't come on a Sunday night as a habit. Well, get out the habit. Kick the habit. And come out and be here tonight because why? We're building. We're building. So we will be required to do something that helps us build. Find a good, healthy church and attend regularly. Well, I'm talking to the choir here. The truth is, you've got to be here regularly. Because if you're sporadic, your kids will be sporadic. They'll do what you do. If you, 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 know, if you treat the church like, well, we'll just tag along and we'll go today because there's nothing else to do. It's rain and we can't barbecue. That's how they'll treat it. But if you get involved... Get involved, in the, you know, get involved in the church, own the vision, volunteer in a department that suits your personality. I was telling the first service, it, don't, don't, join the, don't try and join the choir if you can't sing. You know, for, for God's sake, don't do that, you know, to help everybody concerned. Because I used to be a worship pastor, and I would, you know, people come to me and say, Lord, and this is what they would say, I feel God spoke to me. Well, that, you know, that's a, a preamble because you, you kind of don't like to say to them after God told them that they want to be in the choir. But I don't worry about it because if they can't sing, they weren't going to get in, you know, because I think you can hear voices. Are you, are you with me? So I'd listen to these people and some that couldn't carry a tune in a bucket even though there was a lid on it. And as I, as I was listening to them, I would think, well, I don't want to drop them. So I was thinking, where can I put them other than the choir? So by the time they were finished their audition, they singing the song in three different octaves. I would, I would send him to some, another department. Are you with me? This one guy came in one time. He gave me a cassette player. That's how long ago it was. And uh, he said, look, God gave me these songs. And I want you to hear them. So I listened to him and I thought, yeah, God gave them to you because he didn't want them either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ever, you ever pass something along you don't want? You know, somebody gives you, yeah, you can have it. <laughs> oh, come on. It's okay to have a laugh. I'm only kidding. No, it's true. I said, I'm a true song. I mean, true stories, but you have a laugh about it. But join, bless your heart. That's right. Get into a group that suits your personality. If, you're, if you love hospitality, join the hospitality team. If you love kids, join the kids team. That's a ministry. That's a ministry. If you just feel like you're good at cleaning up, clean up. It's a great ministry. If you're in the media, if you're in the audio, just get involved. Do whatever you do. Do it with all your heart. Do it with all your heart. Listen, there's a couple of things we need to do. Number one, building will take commitment. Building will take commitment. It took Noah nearly a hundred years to build the ark. If you're going to start believing God for your family, you better get ready for the long haul because they might not, they might not get saved right overnight. It might take a little while, but don't give up. Keep on standing up saying, that's for me in my house. That's for me in my house. I have an older brother, Michael. He's 52. And uh, you never caught that, did you? 
I thank you very much. That was very nice. You're very polite down south here. I'm 62, <laughs> and he's, older, he's four years older than me. So, Do you not get that one as well, Phil? No? Yeah. yeah. Thanks for your encouragement. And, uh, yeah, bless your heart. Yeah, bless your heart, Phil. So, anyway, he was the guy that did it all. Like, it's what he didn't do was, was more like talking about. Because he was in jail. He was in prison. He was a black sheep of the family. He just did all kinds of stuff. But my mother, God bless her, got up every day of our life and prayed and said, Devil, you'll never get my son. You, you maybe think you have him just now, but you're never going to get my son. Every day she got up, Devil, you'll never get my son. We dedicated to him when he was a baby, and you'll never get my son. Let me tell you, Michael's a missionary in the Philippines today. But it took 40 years. Michael finally came to Jesus when he was 40. But Maggie, my mother, Maggie, never give up. Every day, devil, you'll never get my boy. And mothers, you need to get that persistence in your spirit. Devil, you'll never get my boy. You'll never get my daughter. You'll never get my husband. You'll never get my wife. Are you with me today? Can you feel me today? And we'll all do different things. You know, we'll be asked to do different, we'll do different things in order to build an ark for the family. In Genesis chapter 6, Noah had to build a big ship to save his family. In Genesis 41, Joseph had to build big storehouses to fill his family, to save his family. In Exodus chapter 1, Moses' mother had to build a small ark of bulrushes to save her family. But there's one we're all going to build. We may go down different avenues, we maybe do different things. But we'll build, and it's found in verse 7. By faith. It doesn't matter what avenue you take. We're all going to build by faith. Now, what is faith? I'm glad you asked. In verse 1, Hebrews 11. Now, faith is being sure. That's the NIV. Faith is being sure of what you hope for and certain of what you do not see. Faith is being sure of what you hope for and certain of what you do not see. It's not what you see. It's what you sow. As for me and my house, do you see it? After me and my house, we will sell. We, that we is inclusive of Willie and George and Fiona and, 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 you know, Jesse and all these different names. That's all Scottish names, by the way. It's funny I'm saying that. But, you know, it's all inclusive. We're all going to build by faith. Mrs. Stevens was a little Scottish lady, old lady, had a little coffee shop right in the north of Scotland. I mean, it was so far north, if you walked 100 yards out of her coffee shop, you fell off into the sea. I mean, right, I was right at the north of Scotland. Five little tables. It was a tea room. We call them tea rooms, but, you know, the Americans call them coffee shops. And, and then one day, well, Mrs. Stevens, every morning, would clean her kitchen, would clean all the tables, little tables, five tables. And in between the salt and the pepper, she would put a touch card or a tract. About Jesus. She was a Christian. No, she wasn't a, a theologian. She didn't preach. She didn't sing. She ran a tea shop. But she did what she could. She put a tract between the salt and the pepper. How many know the Holy Spirit won't ask you to do the impossible? He'll only ask you to do the possible. Are you with me today? And she did this for years. And one day, a young 19-year-old man walked in. And he ordered a cup of tea. And the lady went to make the tea. And as he, she went to make the tea, he picked up this tract between the salt and pepper. And he started to read it. It was about giving your life to Jesus. And right there and then, that young man just prayed the sinner's prayer. On the back of the card was the sinner's prayer. Lord Jesus, accept you in my life. So anyway, the lady came back with his tea. And he said to the lady, can I keep this card? And she says, yes. Are you a Christian? He says, yeah. She says, oh, tell me, how did you get saved? She said, 
got saved right now. I just read it. And that was my father. Mrs. Stevens was a little old lady with a little tea shop. My father wonderfully transformed that little tea shop with a tract between the salt and the pepper. My father went home to see a sick mother 100 miles away, 200 miles away. And as he was sitting in a church two or three weeks later, a small church, a quarter size of this church, the Holy Spirit spoke to him and said, if you remain faithful, I'll bring in all your family. And I'm going to tell you, he did and he did. Over 150 of our cameras saved today. Over 50 of us in full-time ministry because Mrs. Stevens put a tract on the table. And listen, through our family, the full-time ministry, we've seen hundreds of thousands come to know Jesus. Hundreds of, if not millions, because Mrs. Stevens put a tract between the salt and the pepper. Noah built an ark. How do you build an ark? One plank at a time. Don't get blown away by the size of your family that's not saved, by the, the huge, the sheer immenseness of the, those that are not serving Jesus. You start building a plank at a time. How do you eat an elephant a bite at a time? You start believing God for somebody. Are you with me today? And when my dad gave his life to Jesus, it was seven years later, or the next brother got saved, Philip's granddad. The, first, the next one to my dad was his granddad, Philip's, Pastor Philip's granddad. And here we are today. Noah built an ark. Yes. Do you receive the word? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Exceptional. How many, how many this morning are you going to say, Robert, I don't know Jesus. Maybe somebody invited you today. Maybe, maybe, maybe you made a decision at one time, and you maybe lost your way, and you've, gone, you've lost your way, and you've left Jesus, and you, you, somehow or other, you want to come back. Maybe you're here today, and you've never made a decision, and you're going to say, Robert, I want to give my life to Jesus. If you're here today, if you're any one of these two categories, well, every head is bowed and every eye closed. Slip your hand up. I'm going to pray with you. Who'll be number one? Yeah, man, one. Who'll be number two? Two. I see that hand. Who'll be number three? Slip your hand up. You'll never get it easier than today. The Holy Spirit is here to save, to heal, deliver. You put your hands down, I see them. Let's everybody pray this prayer together. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. There's room in my heart for you. Help me from this day forward to live for you. As I now confess, Jesus Christ is my Savior. And Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. Now listen, if there's ever a minute a church should start praising God, it's right now. It's right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's all stand. I know time is gone, but lunch will wait for five more minutes. You may be here today and you're going to say, Robert, I want to be, I want to be a builder. I want to build an ark for the saving of my family. And if you're that person, I want you to come on out. We're going to pray with you. Who's going to be an ark builder today? I want to be an ark. Come on out. Amen. Just stand out here. We're going to get the team to come and pray with you all. I want to be an ark builder. Come on. Don't be slow. It's a step of faith. How do you do it? Faith. Let's use a step of faith today. I want to build for the saving of my family. Thank you, Jesus. The rest of you, you keep praying. 
And some of you should be out here because every, everybody should be out here, as a matter of fact. But just take the courage of your convictions. You can see your family unsaved. You know who they are. And yet some, God is looking. God is always faithful. But he's looking for some of us to be faithful, to join with him and say, I'll build an ark for the same of my family. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Philip. Pastor Philip. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Come on, let's pray for these that have come forward in the name of Jesus right now. God, we just pray right now that, God, they will build an ark for their families. God, so many times it seems impossible and we question, has anything even happened? I mean, do they even see? But God, we thank you today. It's not what we see, it's what we sow. And God, we sow by faith today. God, doing the possible, trusting you to do the impossible. God, every one of us can say a word. Every one of us can send a text. Every one of us can keep inviting. Every one of us can be what you've called us to be. And God, when we do what we're called to do, then it releases you to be what you need to be. And God, we just pray right now that the impossible would happen. We pray that families, God, right now would be saved all over this place. God, that our families would come to know you. We pray and we claim household salvation, God, miracles to take place. God, for you to move, God, and for you to work in each one of our homes. And God, we're going to be exceptional, God. We're going to step up and be everything that you've called us to be, God. We thank you in Jesus' name. Come on, shout amen in the house. Shout amen in the house. Amen, amen. We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's word into effect. At Heart Seas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.